Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We will also be doing a follow-up episode to a cinema showdown that happened two years ago on the Fast and Furious Saga. In that episode, Dylan successfully argued that Fast Five was the best entry in the franchise. And in honor of Fast X releasing this weekend, we decided to go back and watch Fast Five and get my thoughts on the first and only Fast and Furious film I have seen. All right, now let's go into some news. We got trailer talk. A whole bunch of trailers were dropping this past week. We can start out with The Creator, which is something we talked a little bit about in CinemaCon. It was one I was looking forward to the most out of just what I heard from the reactions to it. Yep. And the trailer has dropped. I've seen it, and I am pleasantly looking forward to this film even more. I mean, it is, it is I think, right up my alley, an original sci-fi blockbuster film. We don't get many of those anymore, so mm-hmm. hopefully it'll end up doing well, but I'm still not sure that I actually will be able to because the budget looks big on that thing. But you can at least see the money on screen in that trailer. I mean, they made great use of explosions. It shot really well. Dylan, did you get to see the creator? Nope. The trailer? No? Nope. Well, I did not know they had released a trailer until right now. <laughs> gosh, well, you and everyone else that's probably hearing about it for the first time, go and give it a watch. See if it's yeah. something that you'll want to see later in theaters. For sure, I'll watch it when year. we're done recording. How about the Mission Impossible trailer? Did you see I'm that? Away from it. I'm trying to stay away. away from it. Interesting. I'm probably going to end up seeing it in theaters at some point whenever I go see another movie, but I'm trying to stay away from it if I can. I'd like to stay away from it because I don't want to see any more of the movie until I'm in there experiencing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they did, I think, a good job of still not going into the plot too much. I mean, they know what they need to do to sell this film, and it's yeah. giving glimpses of stunts and all that. It looks amazing, um, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, again, those stunts are just incredible. There's a lot of shots of Tom Cruise running. It's pretty great. Yeah, so, those sound great. Nah, cool on sprinting. I mean, yeah, you'll definitely see it at some point in theaters because June Unless I so show much. up late to every movie. <laughs> I suppose you could. That is a strat to uh, avoid it. But yeah, I'm sure at some point you'll end up catching some glimpses of it. I'll probably see it at some but point. But it'll be, it'll be great once you do. Yep. And then finally, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is, as of the recording, just premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And so they, and to coincide with that, they released a trailer to general audiences. Did I mean, this one you would have had uh, to have caught, right? Of course right? I saw Okay, it. there uh, we of go. Of course I did. Are you kidding me? And what are your thoughts? Amazing. Oh my God, it looks mm-hmm. incredible. Oh man. The the narration from Leo DiCaprio where he says, can you spot the wolves in this picture? At the very end, oh my God, it's incredible. Immaculate. Perfect. That is a masterful trailer. Yes. Once again, it just it's all about the tone, the atmosphere. It gives you the vibes of the film. Not too much on the plot, but then just that moment too of that, giving that earlier in the trailer of him reading, I don't know, some sort of book on the Osage. And then having that line, but then it comes back around at the very end when you see just like this cabal basically of suited up white people looking sinister. 
and then you have that to go along with it i mean it's so well done like it was yeah like a frightening horror film shot almost yeah trailers so, are starting to get good again like you, outside of like having, the superhero one i've been having taken uh, issue relationship with it a lot lately and I've been it's having been leaning on hate for sure <laughs> with the trailers like the last five years especially because just every single superhero one is just so like it's like an industry like it's a it's like a industrial revolution like what is it assembly line pump and dump formula mm-hmm. for these fucking superhero trailers they take uh, an old classic rock song and they remix it and then they just throw in a bunch of random shots from the movie and then end on a comedic note and then they call it a day and i'm tired of it i'm sick of it i see the same trailers all the goddamn all the horror movie trailers are all the same I'm getting tired of it but but the the dramas the dramas that only you and i are ever gonna fucking see they they are getting some bomb ass trailers. Past Lives, great trailer. Asteroid City, great trailer. Killers of the Flower Moon, great trailer. Mission Impossible has had some good trailers. I haven't seen the new one, but but they they always have good trailers. Like they always do. Come on. Yeah. So this film again is was our number one most anticipated. I'm sure our hype has grown. Oh, even so much bigger from October twentieth. Can't get here soon enough. Let's just say that. Yeah, and already I've seen great things or heard great things rather from the people that have seen it at the premiere the can yeah. premiere so yeah it's gonna be such a beautiful day when that comes around oh it'll be amazing. october 20th mark your calendars everyone calendar marked oh, it'll be so fantastic fantastic uh some other news about forthcoming films gladiator 2 which we've been talking about and like the cast list for that has been super impressive people like uh paul Mescal. Denzel Washington, Pedro Pascal, like all these people in here. And then we also had Barry Keoghan. However, it seems like he is dropping out of Gladiator 2 because of a schedule conflict. And that is so tragic because it would have been great in that. He was supposed to be the villain. He was supposed to be playing like the evil emperor. But it seems like he's out. And Fred Hetchinger, who was the son in White Lotus season one, is in talks to step in I love it. and fill that role. I think it's great. I like Perry, Barry Keoghan. I'm a fan, but Fred Hetchinger in season one of the white Lotus is so fucking good. But for a role like this, I just, yes. he was good and what that was in white Lotus, but I, I say just... go for it. I say go for, it. I think he can deliver a role on par with Joaquin Phoenix's villain in the first gladiator. I think he can do it. Really? I've I've I'm putting money on it. I'm gonna put money on it that I'll bet you five dollars that you like his performance, Ryan. I bet I mean you that's $5. not the issue here. I'm saying can he be on the level of walking Phoenix or what I bet you five, could do? I don't I believe I bet that. you five whole dollars that you will come back and we'll do a review of Gladiator Two and you'll say, Didn't, you know what? I was wrong. Did Walking Phoenix get nominated and or win for I think he was Gladiator? nominated, he definitely didn't win. So if this kid gets nominated, then maybe we'll agree. Because Barry Keoghan could very well have now, gotten nominated No, I'm not going to make that bet because that depends well, on how that's what he's... that's what I'm saying. That's the issue. No, 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 Interesting. Even though he would be the antagonist, is that correct? He would one hundred percent be the main antagonist of the movie. That is well, that's guaranteed. at least what they're saying. He's in talks. We don't know if it's confirmed yet, but Barry Keoghan was a 
apparently supposed to be the villain. And so then Fred Hedginger, if he's stepping into that role, would be the antagonist then. If but he again, plays that's not an antagonist, and he is a big part of the film in the same way that Joaquin Phoenix is a big part of the first Gladiator, I will bet you $5 that there's an Oscar nomination in this future. Okay, that I will take it. You I'll taking take it? That, but, yeah, I'm not saying he'll be bad or I won't like it. I'm just saying, will it be able to you know fill the shoes of Barry Keoghan or Joaquin Phoenix? Bet. So, all right, let's make that bet then. Is Gladiator <laughs> 2, when is that supposed to come out? This year or next year? Well, they haven't even shot it yet, and they're still having cast, you know, trying to get solidified. So So we're going next year, probably. Yeah, it would be late 2024. Yeah, like a year and a half from now. All right, Mm -hmm. so let's hope we don't forget about this bet. I'm sure you (laughs) won't, but we'll see. Now we'll see. I mean, I'm sure it'll come back up of when we talk about that performance, and then it'll spark in one of our minds, and then we can settle that debate. Yep. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be looking forward to that. I hope he does good. I mean... I'm just saying, I from what we saw in White Lotus season one, like he's good for what that was, but to be going up against all these other people in the cast and be filling those shoes, it's a lot. But hey, let's hope this is like his breakout role, and then yeah, he gets nominated and then becomes some huge, amazing actor. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. Let's do our last bit of news here. It has been announced that Loki season two will premiere in October, and the entire Echo series, all of it, will drop at the same time in late november ryan will you be watching these these shows so loki possibly Mm. echo probably not yeah i'm on the same train yeah some information coming out about echo and whatnot doesn't seem like it'll be of the highest quality and since Ah. they're dropping it they're dropping it in one go like mm-hmm. Netflix usually does instead of doing a week to week thing. So I don't know if that also means they're just like, it almost dump, seems like they're trying to it. get rid of it. Yeah. Just getting rid of it. So that we did it. Here it is. Boom. Yeah. Speak to uh, <laughs> the quality of the film at all. So yeah, yeah. Loki, uh, maybe we'll see how I feel around there, but yeah, echo most likely not. Yeah. Shame. Indeed. Let's move on to our box office breakdown for May 12th to the 14th. In first place, unsurprisingly, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It made $62 million over the weekend. That is a 47% drop from its first weekend, which is the third best second weekend for the MCU. Third best drop yes, second weekend for, for the MCU. And it has now passed $500 million worldwide, surpassing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Ryan, are you satisfied with this drop? Oh, absolutely. I bet you would be. It's pretty good. It's higher it than is. you and I both thought. We're uh, on par, sure. I think. Yeah, it was... I mean, we've been seeing lately 60% for sure, but even more recently, like 70% around there. Yeah, no right. Home, Multiverse, all those got like high 60s. And then Quantumania did hit the dreaded 70% drop. So this one coming in sub 50%. That is very difficult for blockbusters nowadays, especially with front-loaded superhero films, especially Marvel films. Mm -hmm. So that speaks to good word of mouth. So hopefully we'll continue to see really solid drops, um, like steady holds, rather, for Guardians 3. Oh, for Guardians 3. I thought you meant MCU movies as a whole. I was like, nah. No, no, no. I mean, I don't care about that. As long as it's on my roster, then I'll care. But the rest of it. Fuck off. So, yeah, with Guardians 3, I'm feeling good about it. I'm going to say... That it's certainly going to get over eight hundred and fifty million, and I think it with these holds, it's looking good to get up to nine hundred million. What do you think for its like total gross? Where do you think it might end up? 
I think you're probably on the money. I mean, Fast X is going to take a good chunk out of it this weekend. So, and the competition is only going to get steeper afterward. Very I'm going to be a little more conservative than you. I'm going to say 800 million max. Gotcha. Well, hopefully, I'll be more correct in that, and it'll be higher to or closer to 900 than 800. But yeah, hopefully, yeah, not. it's somewhere around that range. It won't hit a billion, but it certainly seems like it'll pass at least the first Guardians, which was like 770 million. So that's yeah. solid. Super Mario Bros. also doing really well for itself 12.6 million in its sixth weekend, I believe. So, once again, going strong, having great legs. Very happy with that. After that, Book Club with 6.6 million. So, yeah, I think that was closer to what you predicted last week. Told you. I'm going to say. There you go. Uh, Evil Dead Rise with 3.7 million, bringing its domestic total to 60 million, which has surpassed Shazam 2's domestic total. That is crazy. That is very, very sad. After that was It's Me, Margaret with 2.5 million. Hypnotic with 2.4 million. That's a film starring Ben Affleck from Robert Rodriguez that apparently has a 65 million budget, Damn. which is insane. But what a, what a blowout. Yeah, apparently, I don't know, like the production companies that were uh, making it don't exist anymore. So <laughs> it's no wonder that it doesn't have enough for a marketing budget to try and get the word out. So, yeah, yeah big flop on their hands from that. Indeed. After that was John Wick 4 with 2 million. Love Again, 1.4 million. Air, just a little bit below a million with 880,000. That brings its domestic total to 51 million. At least Ben Affleck isn't a total failure. (laughs) True. And then Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. That is going to have 800,000 in what will be its last week in the top 10. So its total domestically 92 million and worldwide. 200 million so not quite a big blockbuster and franchise starter as paramount would have hoped which is sad because the film was good so really yeah i saw it with my dad we really enjoyed it i think it's darn good actually so it's a shame that it's not gonna be able to get any future sequels because chris pine too love that guy and he doesn't have a franchise right now since star trek also is going nowhere so true now we can do yeah. our box office predictions for the upcoming weekend, the weekend that's going on currently, the weekend of May 19th to the 21st. The big thing to talk about here is one of my entries onto our box office uh, drafts, Fast X, the 10th movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. Now, for a little bit of context, the last three movies, Fate of the Furious from 2017, made $98 million at the box office. Hobbs and Shaw from 2019 made $60 million, which was the spinoff, not technically part of the franchise. And F9, the last entry in the Fast and Furious franchise from 2021, made $70 million. Now, yeah. remember, F9, $70 million, 2021, still coming off the legs of COVID there. $70 million is still not too bad. Fast X, I'm thinking, with all the hype around it, with Jason Momoa being in it, with a lot of rumors of cameos, with a lot of word of mouth, I think it can cross the 100 million mark, right? I don't think that'll happen. Fuck I think you. we've seen the trend, even just again, the pandemic factor, of course, is there. But Fate of the Furious, 98 million, and going down to 6 million for the spinoff, and then 70 million for F9. This franchise has become much more of an overseas juggernaut than a domestic juggernaut. So I think Fast X 
is yeah going to do great overseas but domestically i just don't think people are all that interested anymore in it i don't know if there's that much hype for it even with them bringing like every person that was a part of the franchise back for fest x um and then introducing like momoa uh, yeah i think it's only gonna get slightly more than f9 i would be surprised if it went over 75 million whatever let's <laughs> talk about fast five it's our it's our big uh big topic for today now a long long time ago you and i did a cinema showdown with our good friends ryan mayers and kirk simpson and we argued which movie in the fast and furious franchise was the one that you should watch seeing as how you had never seen any of them and there were eight out at the time nine out at the time the ninth one was coming out yeah and you hadn't seen any of these movies including the spinoff hobbs and shaw correct now, Kirk argued for the sixth movie in the franchise, which is arguably one of the worst. <laughs> and Ryan Mayers argued for Tokyo Drift, which is uh, one of the more stylistic ones that I haven't even actually seen that people say a lot of people say is their favorite. So he was really my stiff competition here. I picked Fast Five because it's the one that I think pushes the limits of believability past actually being believable but not so far to where it's so ridiculous that it's impossible to watch but you could still see cool practical stunts happen and on top of that has a good story that actually involves the theme of family more than any other fast and furious film and i won that debate you I did. crushed kirk because he had no fucking chance well, and then it I should be noted up. that it did come down to you and Kirk in the final two. Like that was the final debate there. And then the, the thing that really sealed the deal, which goes back to what we talked a bit about last week with the Gamora storyline and amnesia. And now I hate those plot lines. Fast and Furious six is built around the plot line of Michelle Rodriguez having amnesia and then Dom right. and everyone else having to like figure that out. And so once I was reminded of that being the key plot point, in fast and furious six that was it you won right then and there i that think put, put I you think over even if you hadn't known that i think i still would have won because fast and furious six has the most atrocious action sequence of any action movie of all time it has the impossible runway sequence at the very end and sure. i think i successfully argued that that is so dumb that it's impossible to watch right i think you still probably would have taken it ultimately just because the rock factor coming in for the first oh, time yeah. was so strong. And then everyone was saying that, yeah, it was the most grounded, but it was the point when they started taking the stunts to the next level. So I think that stuff did intrigue me the most. So mm -hmm. you probably would have taken it, but it was a funny moment that <laughs> that's when the, it all clicked that the amnesia plotline was in Fast and Furious 6. And I remember those trailers so distinctly. And I was like, that is so stupid. That's part of why I was like, I'm never going to watch this stupid franchise. So, yeah, Fast and Five, you did end up taking it um, in the first ever Cinema Showdown. So, yeah, we are now, after two long years, because we did that for F9 when that came out, and then now mm -hmm. for Fast X, we decided it'd be fun to go back, revisit it, and finally, yeah. I can actually watch Fast Five, because we haven't done that yet. Mm -hmm. So, you and I watched it recently. Yep. But it should Sat be down noted. last night, cuddled a little bit on the couch, put on a nice movie. <laughs> uh-huh. But it wasn't just regular old Fast Five. Yeah. 
This was a special version, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. It was the extended edition of Fast Five. Now, to the audience listening, I'm going to tell you now exactly how much longer the extended edition is. The extended edition is exactly 73 seconds longer (laughs) than the regular version of Fast and Furious. The things that they took out were small frames from different scenes to keep it a PG-13 rating, which is what every movie does. Every action movie, eventually, when, they, when they're pushing it a little bit, will be told you have to cut this and this and that in order to keep a PG-13 rating, and then they'll do it. Never have I seen them put it back in <laughs> for a re-released extended edition. It's so absurd. Why wouldn't they have just framed it as like, ooh, the unrated version or something like that instead yeah. of extended version? And it's just one minute longer. Yeah. It was two hours and 11 minutes. The original is two hours and 10 minutes. What was the point? Why would that they frame was, it, it like that? It was the funniest thing. <laughs> it was the funniest thing to find out. It was worth the, the money. Could you imagine if it cost more to rent the extended version? I know. We should have checked that. I was wondering. It was, too. It was, was, like, a, it was the okay, same okay. price. That's why I wanted to buy it. <laughs> but I thought it you on 73 it's like, seconds. It was like 10 bucks more. I would have paid it. I would have paid it for the, just, it would have just been so funny. For the meme. It'd be funny, yeah. For, for the joke. hilariousness of it. I couldn't believe it. I thought I thought we were going to get like a, a short minute long scene somewhere in there. That was like just a scene they had to cut out that they were like, oh, you're going to like, you, you remember when they re-released uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? No Way Home? Far From yeah, Home? No Way Home. Did no you way home? see and it, the No, but wasn't it only like 10 minutes longer? I don't remember. I didn't even think it was that long. It wasn't much longer and they like re-released it in theaters and it just had like two scenes added back in. I thought that's what they were going to do. I thought they would just add in like a minute long scene with like The Rock or something that they had cut out originally. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's just random frames here and there. Completely unaffecting the viewing experience. Like who truly was demanding that? Who was like, okay, we got to cut these out for the theatrical cut. The director was like, like, they need to be seen. This is not my intention the film you're watching is not what I wanted you to see. It's missing key frames that would add to the violence of Brazil. Exactly. The essential parts of Fast Five, they need to be put back in for the Ridiculous. true directorial vision to come across. It's so funny. It's, it is. It matches, honestly. I mean, that is so like on on brand for the Fast it's and Furious. It's such a franchise. Fast and Furious thing to do. Just a ridiculous thing. But, you know, that's why we love it, right? Yep. So, yeah, let's talk about Fast Five. This was the mm-hmm. the first and only Fast film I have seen. When but we you, went in, when we went in, how much did you know about the Fast and Furious franchise? Like, how much did you know about, like, the relationships between the characters? At what, like, what point in the story we were at? How much did you know? I mean, it's pierced the cultural consciousness pretty well. Like, that was the thing I wanted to bring up, too, of, like, this franchise, which is something that, when it started, no one could have imagined where it would end up. Being no. like one of the top franchises, like legitimately, the it's still mind-boggling that Fast and Furious Seven, right? Furious Seven, mm. which obviously because of the Paul Walker situation, I mean that became even more of a phenomenon. But that made one point five billion dollars. Yeah, that is insane. Like it's it made more than Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick wasn't able to overtake it, and it was on the top ten. If Avatar Two didn't come out, it would still be on the top ten. Like that's how much money that made and how huge it was it's and then of course the song as well like see you again playing on the radio was probably like the number one song of that year so 
I mean, it is extremely popular and it's hard not to know like all the jokes. Like everyone knows Dom Toretto, you know, about the memes of family. Mm-hmm. It's all about family, family. So, you know, all that. Again, you know, the actors like Paul Walker. I mean, was he in anything else besides Fast and Furious? He was in uh, an action movie called Brick House, something like that. He's in some kind of action movie other who, than this. Who knows? But clearly, I mean, this was his claim to fame. Yeah, for Obviously, sure. when he tragically like passed away. But there was such an outpouring of love and all this. And it's just like this franchise. Like People know him from this franchise, Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, obviously, like this is his love child. Paul Walker point. had like some small roles. Like I remember he's in uh, Pleasantville for a little bit, and he's great. He does like mm-hmm. small things here and there in like the 90s and early 2000s. Right. But this was sure for sure like his takeoff role from yeah. what I understand about him. I can Google him real quick if I really wanted to. But yeah, like everyone knows him from that and loved him uh, from it. And then, yeah, the whole thing of like Tyrese and Ludacris, like their dynamic and banter, like I know about that stuff. I knew about um, like the Han character, although I think part of that was also from the cinema showdown like i heard of some of the things brick in there. mansions brick mansions, brick mansions. Interesting. But that was in 2014 who am i kidding that wasn't even early he was in a movie called joyride with steve zan 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 he was in she's all that uh da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. not much else yeah not a lot pleasantville right. of course that's how i know him mm-hmm. yeah it's mostly just fast and furious and then probably the bit role he has on she's all that Gotcha. But yeah, even then, like, yeah, you know about them. Um, and then also, I mean, I remember distinctly, like, all those trailers. Like I said, I remembered that plot point from Fast and Furious 6 of the Amnesia thing. I don't even know why, but I just remember seeing it on TV or when I'm going into theaters and they play those trailers at the front of the films. So I had a general understanding of, like, the progression since, like, I think around Fast Five. I remember seeing like all those trailers and just saying what the next one would be. Um, so, yeah, I also remember, yeah, I th- was it seven or was it eight where they do the whole going? I think it was seven where they are in Dubai and they jump out of the they have the car and they drive out of the Burj Khalifa. I don't remember. remember. I think that that must be seven because I don't think I've actually seen that scene. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you, too. Where's your sort of relationship with it? Because didn't you not see F9, even though that was in your draft? I've seen F9. Aren't you not going to see Fast X, even though it's in your draft? I might go see Fast X. It might be funny. Uh, So what is my relationship? I know, I think I saw the first Fast and Furious when I was very, very young. And then I didn't see another one until Fast Five because a good friend was like, hey, Fast Five is just so good. Like, we have to watch it. And so we watched it at my dad's house. And I thought it was cool, and I really liked it, because Fast Five is very, very good. And so I went mm-hmm. and I saw Fast and Furious 6 in theaters. And that 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 fucking plane sequence <laughs> is so fucking atrocious at the end that Jeez. I vowed to never watch another one again. And then they came out with the seventh one, and I just I just missed it. I I wanted to see it because of Paul Walker's death, but I just ended up missing it because I wasn't that committed to it. The eighth one didn't seem like it would be good because it was that was the one where it was like uh, Dominic Toretto was betraying his family, and they have like that whole storyline. I was like, I don't really right. give a shit about this. Hobbs and Shaw, I didn't really care about either because I don't really give a shit about Hobbs or Shaw. And then uh, you get to F nine, and I wasn't gonna watch it. But then I got conned into it. 
conned into it. Yeah, I got convinced to go, and I didn't want to watch it, but there were no other movies playing at the time. We had nothing else to do, <laughs> so I got pushed into going and seeing F9, and uh, it was really, really bad. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, but at the very least, it was the good kind of bad to where I could at least have a good time with it, but it was mm-hmm. pretty fucking bad. That's the one where they go to space, man. What the fuck? I, I know. Which, yeah, those so jokes too. Ridiculous. Which even before F9, yeah, like by around F8, like when I was coming out, everyone was making the jokes of like, when are they going to go to space? Like they keep going more ridiculous, more over the top. When are they finally going to do it? And then they've done it, F9. And that's not even going to be like the last film. Like we have Fast X, at least one more, because it's supposed to be a part two. But then Vin Diesel said, apparently at the premiere, he was like, yeah, we might be doing a third after this. It might be a finale trilogy. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, that's crazy. They, they just make so much money. And again, that's, well, yeah, it's such a global, uh, like, blockbuster franchise now. And again, from the humble beginnings of the original Fast and Furious film, which also made a lot of money, but like the budget from that, I think was $35 million. Fast X's budget is $350 million. Like, what other franchises had that huge of a leap? From their first to their most recent. And then again, yeah, it's if they did that, that would be 12 main Fast and Furious films. That's more than Star Wars. It's more than any Batman films. If you combine them all, Spider-Man films, all the Harry Potter things. Like this is one of the biggest cinema franchises ever. Who would have thought that we would get here? Uh, and then apparently you have only seen what, three of them? Yeah, I think I've seen four, but I only remember three. I only remember five, six, and nine. Did you remember? Did you ever go back and watch the original one, Fast and Furious? No, I haven't one? seen it since the first time I watched it. But I can't. I can't remember anything about it. Wow. And then me, I have just now watched my first of the franchises. But again, it's crazy. It's so huge, and yet it was just never something that interested me. Like my parents were never interested in it, so they never took me when I was young. And then, yeah, as I was getting older, older, even when Furious 7, when that was such a phenomenon, the whole Paul Walker thing, I was like, I guess because I wasn't attached to any of the characters or anything like that. It was a seventh film at that point. So it was already like, uh, there's so much to get into. Yeah. But the franchise as a whole, just wild. Four, five, and six being prequels too. Yeah. That it's weird. is another wild thing. of, And they do a good job too of not like letting that really matter too much like you could probably watch it and not really notice or care and especially since they don't really market it that way but who'd have thought like and then also as well the this is one of the only franchises where they can truly just change out characters here and there and the franchise survives like obviously fast x are bringing everyone back but there's films that doesn't have the rock in it like fast x isn't supposed to be in there because of the whole vin diesel and him rivalry um, but they bring back like a bunch of the other characters that are um, included. Han apparently was like a fan favorite, so they made these prequels so he could continue. But then obviously he's not in like the future ones when it well, goes back into present time. But then they resurrect him or something. They do resurrect him, yeah, because they just want to have him back. back. And it's pretty. It's it's the best part of the movie. It's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever, but it's great. Right? They've had um, film like wasn't. Again, I have no clue who hasn't haven't actually looked at it, but I think I remember Tokyo Drift. Doesn't that not have Vin Diesel in it at all or Paul Walker? 
I think Vin Diesel shows up in the post credit scene, something like that, like the very mm. end to like recruit Luke's black. But then we don't see him again until F9, I think. Right. Interesting. And then I think Too Fast, Too Furious, I think that didn't have Vin Diesel. Fast Five doesn't no, have... No, that, that, that Too Fast, Too Furious did not have Vin Diesel. Fast Five doesn't have Michelle Rodriguez. So it's fascinating that like these main characters of the franchise can just be absent. Obviously, Paul Walker's character no longer... Did we not watch the, the post-credit scene for Fast Five? We did not. Oh, there's a post-credit scene. Well, what was it? Was it's, it um, the amnesia plotline? Yes. It's someone comes and shows a Hobbs a picture, and it's just like a CCTV still of Michelle Rodriguez well and alive, and that's like the cliffhanger that Fast Five ends on. Interesting. Ah, fuck. I forgot to show it to you. Goddamn. Well, that's all right. So there's, they know exactly where they're going to go with it, and they knew Michelle Rodriguez was going to come back, so they were just setting that's it up. Fascinating. So I guess technically she is in it in one picture. Well, yeah, sort of. Yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the main film, though, she wasn't quite. But yeah, she was in it for the tease, I guess. They knew what they were going to do with it. But just overall, like that idea of this franchise is so unique and strange just because of how in the beginning... It was nowhere near where it is now with these crazy, ridiculous stunts and everyone being family. like invincible. Yeah, it's all held together by family. That's what family can do for you. Brings you from Dude, the scene in F9 where the, the cars fucking swing on vines. <laughs> they what? <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Like like they're going to cross a bridge and then the bridge breaks and Vin Diesel just guns it and the car wraps like the the it's a rope bridge and the rope wraps around the tire oh the back God. tire of the car and it <laughs> swings across the gap and then lets it go and it lands on the other side unscathed that's the beginning <laughs> of the movie when they're first getting chased by John Cena right that's just so fucking ridiculous so wild it's insane <laughs> but yeah but then there you go very unique franchise very very strange how it's been able to rise to the top be so enduring for 20 what is it when did the first one come out 2006 2005 hang on no it had to be earlier than that you think so i think 2001 there 22 years two decades and we're still not done they're still going so this is crazy um to just see that there's yeah, this dominant franchise out there that I just had never had an interest in and didn't really care for. But now I have seen one film in it, Fast Five. The one that you think is the best, but also, again, very limited like uh, sample size because you've only seen like three of them, uh, three or four. So yeah, Fast Five, the one we ended up watching. Let's talk about it. I agree with you that it is good. It's good. It's legitimately good. I think, yeah, it has the that right balance of there are some ridiculous stuff in there, of course, and also just like uh, an action film. So there's these cheesy lines and cheesy things that go on in there, but mm-hmm. it's fun. It is, and fun. then a lot of the stunts they do are genuinely impressive. Like yeah. what I imagine a lot of these later films have post Fast Five is they just get too crazy and over the top. And you can't really do it practically anymore. So you have to rely on CGI and then it makes it a lot less impactful. With Fast Five, a lot of the things that they were doing seemed to be like legitimate, like truly practical. So that made it all the more investing and interesting to watch. A lot more of the action was hitting. So I think, yeah, 
it was a very solid solid action film yeah now let's talk about the individual scenes themselves let's start with that beginning which is i mean come on they rob a train, Ryan. I know you they love, love the trains. I love <laughs> the trains. And it's it is a very cool train robbery sequence. Right? Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean they what cut a cool in, way to steal cars. The logistics like, of it, I'm wondering why they're they're like attaching a hook to it and they like pull it out sideways and then let it drop. I feel like there could have been other ways to uh extract those cars like a little better. Yeah, that was pretty but, cool. Yeah, it was interesting to see that go on. They like do the whole plasma cutters getting in there and then driving the cars out. That is pretty fun. My only complaint is if that was just a normal train car, how did those cars get in there? Because it's not built like a cargo car. It's built like a passenger car. Right. And uh, the cars just would not have gotten in there any other way. So Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a fault there. But... It's fine. It still looks cool. Because, like, if, if honestly, if they put the cars in there, there should be a cargo door that they could just open and not have to right. cut into it. For sure. I don't know why they didn't just do that. Because then they could have swung open the cargo door and still done the sliding thing. Yeah, it's kind of stupid. But they I, want the plasma cutter stuff to look Yeah. Cool and then, and then like the rock has to go plasma cutters. Exactly. Check every, check every area in 50 miles with a gas He touches canisters. it once and he instantly knows plasma that's cutters. how much of a beast he is. It's, he's a professional. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to suspend your disbelief with so much of this and just be like, you know what? It looks cool. It's fun. Why not? So I think, yeah, that was good. The, um, whatever that like cargo truck was that the, had the ramp on it when that gets crashed into the train and then Dom has to try and save, uh, Brian from Mm -hmm. getting absolutely smacked. Mm -hmm. I feel like, again, it's also like you could just climb to the top of the uh, train and just like hit out there for sure as it goes underneath the thing. But jumping onto the car is cool. Yeah. And then and they then go they over jump off the cliff. So the cliff it's still pretty cool. It is cool. Again, they'd be absolutely shredded upon impact to the water. Oh, no, 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 no. They're, cool. they're professionals. They have well, family. They have the power of family. Yeah. They so have the power of family. They're so they're fine. Yeah. It's armor, you know? Yes. <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to point out though about the film is, Again, even though I don't have any attachment with like the characters, again, I know like many of the actors. Um, so there is somewhat of a level of like attachment there, but these characters and their relationships and their history with each other in the past films don't know any of that. But still, like their dynamic as they're all together and they're like still treating each other as family and all this, I thought it did work really yeah, well. Yeah, their, their like, chemistry is, is great. Their chemistry is really good, particularly that scene where they reveal that um dom's sister is pregnant mia yeah mia they uh do the baby reveal there that was great like all the everyone's reaction to that everyone getting around celebrating doing a toast all that stuff was really really solid so i get i can see the appeal again like none of these characters really go through change or have arcs or anything like that but i can see how just on their chemistry alone and them all being together and being committed to the idea of family and protecting each other I can see how people are going to want to stick around for that. That plus obviously the cars and stunts and looking cool and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. There is something there at least like emotionally or on a human level that you can attach to, even though it's not very deep or profound. Mm -hmm. It is there and it's fun. It's enjoyable. It adds to that. Mm -hmm. So 
I like that. I also like the it being a heist film. That was another thing I think in your cinema showdown that you were harping on to get me intrigued. And those elements of this film where they were doing the heist tropes, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. They had the nice crew roundup. And they were like, we I like that they, team. yeah, I like that they not only do the crew roundup, but then they have individual tasks for the crew members to do to set up the heist so that they all have like a legitimate purpose. Yeah. And they do extended good. scenes. Like, not a lot of heist films actually do that. Like, if you watch like Ocean's Eleven or whatever, they're all there and they all do something, but it's not necessarily something that's specific to like a skill set that they have to have. But in the beginning, they outline each crew member and what their skills are, and then they show scenes of them using those skills. Mm hmm. Which I think is great. Like I think, it, it, like as a heist movie, it works really well for that. Now another thing that I pitched in order to get you to oh, vote for me, oh, Mister yeah. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, successful yes, or not successful? Very successful. Absolutely. I mean, to I me, I think it's to me. I think it's my favorite role I've seen him in ever as like an actor. Yeah, he's very good here because he gets to, I mean, lean on his strengths. I mean, he's very charismatic. He's throwing out these like one-liners and whatnot, but he's also simultaneously being like kind of like serious and being the one that's like the most professional and know-it-all and tough mm -hmm. out of all of them. So it works. He's just able to do his natural shtick and it fits right in with this. And then he can play off some of his other characters extremely well. So, I mean, yeah, The Rock here, really, really good. Did you ever watch Get Smart with, with Steve no. Crow? It's crazy because every time I see The Rock, every single time I see him, I think, my God, he's huge. Yeah. And then I think back to The Rock in Get Smart because he's in that movie. And he plays the cool, like, agent that Steve Carell, like, looks up to. And mm -hmm. he's big. Like, he's bigger than the average person. But he still looks like a normal human being. Like, he looks like a guy you could see on the street. And right. it's weird to see him look like that when you know nowadays he's fucking huge. Well, yeah, I mean, that's even more of a crazy, like, whiplash from in his wrestling days. Because, again, I mean, everyone there has to be, like, bulked up. But there was somewhere along the way where, since he wasn't needing to be in the ring anymore and, you know, cardio didn't matter as much, so somewhere around, like, I guess the late 2000s, he said, that's it. I'm going to become the boulder instead of the rock. So he just got massive. And yeah, he looks insanely huge in this one. And then I still don't even think that was his like peak bigness. Like he, he got even more massive, I think, a little later on. Nowadays, I think he has to, he's still crazy huge, but he is, I think, having to tone it back a little bit. This is crazy. Like I'm looking age. at the pictures of him from Get Smart. He just looks like a normal guy, like a, a well-built normal guy, but still normal nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And then you pull up pictures of him fucking now and he's huge. He's fucking huge and bald. Well, yes. <laughs> he's, he's just fucking... His fucking... His, his shoulders are insane. His, it his, is his traps. Wild. His traps are just ridiculous. It is crazy. It's funny, too, because, I mean, didn't uh, Vin Diesel as well, like, over the course of the Fast franchise, he's also bulked up so much? I think he just got fat. Oh. In the later I mean, like, movies, the arms too, like he. Yeah, I mean his, his arms have always been very strong, but I mean in the later movies, he's very much shot like upper chest up, and then <laughs> like there are pictures of of Vin Diesel not on set, and he is like pretty overweight. But he probably like slims down when it's time to shoot, and then they do their best to like slim him down with with the shirts they give him and stuff. 
Right. But it's not like he's the rock. I mean, not at all, but I'm saying just in general, like the trend of them bulking up more. Sure. Just to, you know, be the strongest. Maybe pull a Vin Diesel in the first boost. Fast and Furious. He's, he's, he's like a normal looking guy as well. Right. Yeah, I'm saying like. Yeah, he's well, actually, he's actually he's pretty well built. Yeah, he's like a he's 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 very muscular and he's like the Vin Diesel, you know, from like Saving Private Ryan and stuff. Mm. But then you pull a Vin Diesel in like F9 and. Yeah, he does not look the same. Dang, well, shots fired on a Vin Diesel here. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I guess he doesn't look that different. I'm pulling up pictures. He probably he looks he looks all right. They give him some slimming shirts. Yeah, I'm sure. But anyway, back to the rock. His arms are still her. His arms are still massive. They've always yeah. been massive. He's got good arms. There you go. Yeah, that's always been a strong, especially with the shirts he wears. Well, yeah, he loves to have the like tank tops. So. Bro, the whole movie, the whole movie, I was like, we were watching Fast Five. I would watch the scenes with the Rock and like his crew, and they're wearing t-shirts, but the sleeves on those t-shirts are intentionally so short that they're almost tank tops. Just to mm-hmm. show off their massive biceps. And I thought, how uncomfortable must those shirts be? So tight. Intentionally. Yeah. But I just can't imagine like actual tactical gear involving such incredibly tight t-shirts. Right. Yeah. I feel like it would limit their mobility. At you that point, you wear a tank like, top. shoulders. Like, yeah, right. Not being able to lift it that much. Yeah, I wonder how those are. Because, I mean, they're like compression shirts as well that are like obviously really tight but they still have mobility so maybe whatever they had for those shirts we're still able to preserve some of that even though again they want to make it look like it's a regular tv but they're just or t-shirt but they're so freaking huge it's just bulging out of the like arm sleeves i'm sure they did something with costuming to make it like more comfortable but still give that same look but yeah I guess Vin Diesel's not that fat. He just has a bit of a beer belly when he's not when he's not like filming. Which I mean, we all everybody has. I mean, that's the same probably. thing with like Jason Momoa too. I think even in this Fast X film, people were like ribbing on him for that uh, in like the trailers because he wasn't sure. like Aquaman level. But it's like I mean, he's you're still massive, you know. You yeah, still he's still deck somebody. huge. He's bulk, um, like bulked up, but he just isn't toned because he's not doing like these huge sure. um scenes, right? So I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, The Rock is just perpetually in a uh, insane level of fitness and tone. Yeah, he's ridiculous. But yeah, uh, back to the film Fast Five, where they're all yeah looking huge. I loved his uh, his thigh holster thing as well. Oh yeah, just that whole look he had the goatee he's plus got a the great look, yeah, and the cargo pants, and then with that thigh holster, it was a great look. Everything works fantastic. I think I I legitimately can't think of a better role. That the rock has had because to me this is the role where he's most different than what i've seen like every other movie i see he's like the rock he is fun and playful and like bantery and stuff and in this he's like playing like a real character and like really putting in the work mm-hmm. and so i enjoy it a lot more can you think of a better rock role <laughs> better rock and roll um, rock and roll hmm. i don't know because i mean again he's good in the things where he is just playing up his regular shtick and more comedic thing like in jumanji his banter with the stuff is fun but it's not like it's a real character mm-hmm. um and even in this one again it's not like there's any dramatic turn he has to do i still think it's he's just him. so so good and i think yeah, he embodies that role good. you believe it like yeah it works 
Yeah, I think he's funny in Central Intelligence, but that movie's not very good in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I think he's funny. I just can't think of like, I guess he doesn't have to put in a lot of dramatic work in most of his movies, but this one I felt like came through the most out of anything I've seen. I mean, I like him in a lot of stuff. I mean, generally, like, sure, yeah, like who doesn't? Bruce and Black Adam, again, they're not the greatest things, but he is just so charismatic. He has such a presence. Also, I already like him anyway from all the wrestling stuff. So usually, yeah, I'm just bought in. I'm entertained when watching him. San Andreas as well. Do you remember that film? Yeah, I heard about it long ago. Didn't watch so, it. I did, and I enjoyed it. Really? I mean, yeah. He's not playing, again, anything too different. He's just like a family man going out there trying to protect his family. But it works. So I think he's a really reliable performer, especially with roles like this. Um, it's just he's probably allowed himself to get too comfortable in just that role. He sure. should try and branch out and do something different. He should because he'd be good. Different. Yeah. So, yeah. But then we also have to bring up, I kept calling attention to this, this man, the beads of sweat sitting oh, on that yeah. guy's bald head throughout the whole thing. And like there were just goatee too. Like Bro, between each wet. take, there's some there's some PA out there that just runs up and just sprays just him down. It down, yeah. <laughs> with the spray bottle. But it's funny because no one else had that. <laughs> you were like, oh, it's hot in Rio, man. It's hot in Brazil. But it's like Vin Diesel who's looking at him there in like the same He's exact He's putting shot. in the most work. He does it. That's what I'm saying. But I think it's too, it was probably from the wrestling days because they loved to wet wrestler's hair or just spray that stuff on there because it does look good and it makes it more dynamic you can have the piece of sweat falling down um but yeah it just gives it more of an intensity so i just thought it's funny that maybe it was only gets hot really easily maybe he does just sweat really intensely i'm the kind of guy who sweats a lot on my head maybe he's the same way you know but even then it was so much and it was always just like only him compared to anyone else so i think it's funny either yeah he sweats so much or he personally was like hey make sure there's a pa that sprays my head with water so that it looks really good like i'm sweating all the time all right all right Dwayne, we're gonna go for another take wait wait my head is dry spray me spray me now (laughs) so yeah i enjoyed that again even the little details like that i'm always a fan um the races which again the the, races no the races oh of course drag races um the uh, the origins of the franchise, of course, were in you know the street races and whatnot. But the uh, franchise has evolved from that. However, they do do some callbacks to it here of their origins and getting back to their roots, which I think is funny, knowing where it goes from this film. Yeah, how even further it is that in the fifth film here, where they're again not too far from it, but they are kind of far from it. They have to do the wink and nod and be like, ah. Uh, home sweet home as we're back for the first time and like a street race that sort of mm-hmm. nightlife with all the sexy cars and sexy women walking around and then they go to space in the f9 <laughs> Jesus so, christ wild to see where it came from but i do like that they had that moment where they're like oh yeah let's hey we need a car what do we do best let's go race and get a car but then they don't show that actual race i thought that was pretty funny like we don't even need to see them like do it we know already obviously they're gonna it's win. gonna yeah gonna be a blowout so I like they them. just bring it back in the car i like that a lot um although they do have a race later on with the when they pick up the cop cars and they do the quarter mile race that was far more than a quarter mile um but also 
why did they do that? This was one of those moments where it was like, it'd be cool, but it truly was throwing all thought and logic out the window of them using stolen police cars with one of them turning on the sirens, zooming down 100 miles an hour in the street. It's Brazil. I guess, but it's like, what? I mean, someone would notice that. They'd see what's happening. They'd be like, that ain't right or that ain't usual. So, yeah. It's okay. They're they're family. mission. (laughs) Again, very true. Everyone would see them racing down and be like, you know what? Let it go. They're family. They're family. And this is Brazil, you know. (laughs) That moment was so funny, too. It was like, this is Brazil. And then they they all pull out guns. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. That was... Again, those moments, those cheesy over the top moments, but hey, it's fun. It works. It's good. They know what they're doing. I like it. Um, the other thing too of like, why didn't they just get the cop cars initially? Like that wasn't their first thought of like, guys, we're going to a police station. How can we blend in? How can we get past these cameras? Oh, let's just steal some cop cars. Well, I, that, like, I think I think you could have written it out. They just they just chose not to because it would have been too much work. I mean, stealing cop cars is obviously more risky than if you could just get a fast car. They on did the that too without a single problem. They had to hop over the fence. It was very easy for them to steal the cop cars. Yeah, it was very easy. Pathetically, so, the, the the right the ride around is that oh that was Plan B because it would have been too difficult. But now we have to do Plan B. But it ended up being very very simple. Exactly. So. It was as easy yeah. as hopping over a fence and then cutting to them driving away. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Uh, another thing I want to call attention to the street ambush. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an excellent scene. It's so good. It I, was, was I was so hyped for you to watch it. It's really, really, really well done. It's just, yeah. It's all the marks so beautifully. And then that, dude, that shot of the RPG, the guy on the balcony, you see mm-hmm. the rock. Like firing away, and then the RPG guy shoots the rocket and it zips awesome. right past the shoulder. That was great. Like, that was, I would yeah. never have expected something that cool and amazing out of a Fast and Furious thing. I'm telling you, bro, it's fucking awesome. nice. So yeah. good. Um, but then, yeah, then it gets the slow mo. You see the Rocks team getting killed, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the one cop, I forget her name, but the one that like, lost her husband and she joined the force to yeah. like, get revenge and clean things up. She lets them out and then they come out and it's slow-mo and they're saving the rock. All that just so well executed. Really well done. Love to see it. And then now the vault, when they actually finally exactly. get around to doing the heist that they've been planning for an hour and a half at this point. Did you think it was cool? I did. Yes. It's so cool, dude. It's it's so cool. Them dragging around that vault. It's completely unbelievable. That vault must be way, way too much to drag it around like that. For sure. But the, watching it slam into things, slam into buildings, demolish cars, it's just so, so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Seeing the the way that they would use it, like use the physics of it, and when they were coming around turns to smash some of the cars, or sometimes accidentally it would like go into a building, something like that. That stuff was really cool. Number one, there'd be so many people just dead, like all the bystanders that would be around there that would be completely brutally squashed, squashed by a vault. But yeah, the whole like conception of this idea, like they're just dragging a vault around the city at high speeds, and then sometimes they'll use it as the weapon to like destroy some of the cars that are chasing them. Like that's really cool. Like at one point when they both peeled off to the side of the vault and then Mm. sort of like used it almost like a slingshot to smash the cars that were coming at them like that stuff is just great 
It's pretty good. You'd great. love to see it. Oh, yeah. And then later on when they, <laughs> Vin Diesel apparently mastered that technique and he was going back towards Still the enemies on Hopper, the bridge. He was, yeah, he, he was, was smacking them left around. and right. <laughs> they never <laughs> stood amazing. a fucking chance. They did not. So that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, just the way they, they ended things off. The Rock coming up and just putting two in that guy's chest, not even looking. Oh, so cool. Boom, boom. Love to see that. And then the whole vault switcheroo. Gotta love it. When Good, they have right? the last minute heist yeah. uh, surprises. Oh, yeah. Always it hits, satisfying. It hits all the cylinders really well for a heist mm-hmm. movie. Like, for sure. It which sure I, I, you love to see. Because there's so many ones where they'll, they'll flop or they'll try to do something new. And this one's like, now nah, we're gonna we're gonna do the tropes, but we're just gonna do them at peak efficiency and do them really, really well. Yeah, and they do it, and it's great. Absolutely. And then, yeah, then they get back to their garage and they open up the vault and out There's pours that, that money. money. Ooh, ooh, money! So good. And then they got that song playing. What's the song? The oi oi oi. What is it? I don't know the name of the song. It's a huge song though, and um, it is fun. It's a nice song. Got us moving on the couch a little bit. Oh, for sure. And it was a great feel-good way to end it. wasn't the first time they, we were moving on the couch. Oh, my God. Sorry. But then they didn't <laughs> end it. And it was... I That was when I was wondering, okay, is this where the extended part is coming in? But no, they just got a little too comfortable having like four or five different endings for each of the characters. I was like, we didn't need It went this. on for a while, yeah. You knew that you were setting up a sixth one because you had the post credit scenes anyway which we didn't end up seeing but i mean if you already had that plugged in you knew you were doing a sequel they also had the whole tease of the rock being like oh i'll give you 24 hours and i'm coming after you i can't just let you get away so you knew you're gonna do a sequel why did you need to have each of them like playing around with their money at the end of this one that could have been saved for the next one if you wanted to see like oh where are they all at but they should have just ended it right on that scene of the money opened up everyone smiles looking at it you got that song playing then we zoom in on Vin Diesel smiling. That was it. All you had to do. That would have been great. You thought their ending was too long? You didn't like seeing them spend their money? No. With that happy life? No. Because I I was like, we already know there's a sequel coming up. It was a great ending just to have it there if they get the money. But in the sixth movie, they have to have that get together scene where they get all together and we have to know where they've been. Well, that's what I'm saying. So have a scene in that film where you see them all like, what have they been doing with their money? But you can do both. Huh? <laughs> I'm pretty you sure the sixth one you catch up with the characters again, like individually. So then, what's the point? Why do we put it at the end of this one? Just save it all for Fast Six. Just leave Fast Five of boom. They open the money. They it's succeeded. Not, it's boom. not that much it's of just a such a good way to me. I, I wanted because so I think the scenes are cool. Like I think the scenes like end yeah. with yeah. like little nods to to what they've been talking about through the movie. So I think it's fine to me. No, nah, I thought it went on too long. I was I really, no I was so ready for, they do that little zoom in on Vin Diesel and then boom, hit the credits, the song volume goes up. That would have been great. But then they nah, just kept it going for like five more minutes. And I was like, nah, staying, you're welcome. Like, just end it. You know, there's going to be a sequel. You're Apparently they already did setups in those sequels of like, let's revisit what the characters are doing. Just save it for that. Like you didn't need it for this. You succeeded. You got, they got the money. We're happy for them. I thought it was fun. I didn't, but to each their own, I suppose. Any other final thoughts on the film? 
I've just always thought it was just cool. Like, just really cool to watch. Cool stunts, cool people, cool characters. Just really, really fun. And just not much depth, and that's fine. Because they at least made it cool. Yeah. And then the rest of the movies don't have depth either, but they're not cool anymore. And that's sad. Makes me very, very sad. (laughs) Because this is dumb fun. Obviously, there's ridiculousness in it, but it is kind of grounded. Like, some of the things you could see, like, okay, this could exist somewhat in the realm of possibility. Um, but then, yeah, again, like the characters are all thin, like there's nothing really to them, but their chemistry, their dynamics with each other is enjoyable. You like being a part of their family for mm-hmm. a little two hour stretch. So that's nice. And then again, a lot of what they do is cool. Of course, again, yeah, like the plot and everything is just to get to the next cool thing, but that's fine. As long as the cool things are indeed that cool, you can forgive it. And then, I mean, yeah, the villain was like a nothing villain. But again, doesn't matter too much. We were focusing on the family and seeing yeah. what they were doing. And also they had like the rock as a secondary villain in a way. So that worked much better for whoever the, the actual like Rio mob boss guy was. Yeah. Um, Reyes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was sad though, because I like Michelle Rodriguez. So I was disappointed that this was one that she wasn't in and that the yeah. best of the Fast and Furious franchise doesn't include her. But it's all right because you know we had the rock we had most of the rest of the people in there so i was satisfied well enough mm-hmm. now how many muscle cars out of five do you rate this movie i give that thing 3.5 muscle cars what are you gonna give it out of five i was also gonna give it 3.5 muscle cars. There you go. Which is a pretty decent score for a Fast and Furious movie, considering F9 probably got like a one or a one and a half from me. <laughs> oh my god. It's pretty fucking bad. That's great. And you know what? I think I gave it a two because at the very least they tried to have a plot line with uh Dom and uh, the brother John Cena. John Cena. Yeah. yeah. Like they they tried to put in the work there and I could see the effort and it worked a little bit. So I, I think I'd give it a two and a half. Because they at least tried. I've heard bad things about F8, like, like was it lack of attempts completely? So I would not want to watch that one. But I'll watch Fast X, because do you know the plot to Fast X? Uh, because, oh, actually, I do know. It's because Momoa was the brother of Reyes or He's something like son. that. His son, there you go. He's Reyes' son. So it's a direct sequel to Fast Five. That's Come on. Great. We got to go see it, Ryan. You don't even need to see the other no. ones. Come on. <laughs> no. No. Come on. You can watch it. Let me know how it is. I might watch it. It it could be fun. Apparently Momo is supposed to be really good in it, but yeah, it seems like it's just the same like issues of the rest of the later Fast and Furious franchises. It's so ridiculous. Doesn't have enough groundedness, practical stuff, and then the characters are never really that well thought out. But it is wild how that's another thing of the franchise that's unique is they bring everyone back together. Like all these characters um like even in fast five like they brought back that one dude that you said was in the first one they find ways to always bring back these like side characters and have them all be part of the crew so because you can't choose your family (laughs) exactly that you have to help them when they're in need absolutely what a great message fast and furious such a needed uh franchise because of how important it themes are yeah for our time for sure. You can always use that key message. Absolutely. Of family. 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 Well, 
That's all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDay. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to, and be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.